Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. No, I, the only thing I probably wanted to mention is that I know we don't have anything written down, but I mean, we should probably kind of skirt over, not like talk about it for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or anything, but skirt over the fact like Matthews is gone for three weeks. So like that's, that's, oh, that's yeah. pretty. Okay. Actually, how about we start there? How about we start with the Maple Leafs? Cause we've got, there's Matthews and then there, <laughs> and then there's Murray. Oh, if you don't yeah. want to talk about him, that's fine. But no, no, <laughs> I, 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 I can get into that, and we, I can kind of skip right to one of my, my beast right out of the way. I, I don't mind that. Like we can get right into not, it. Not sorry, not necessarily in the sense that we're going to ruin your beast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> although I do like what you wrote, <laughs> dude. Like what the fuck am yeah. I else? You know what I mean? Like I've put you know it what? Up. It's fine. Let's let's go right into it. And Matt Murray is where we're starting. Enough said. <laughs> okay. You know what? That, then let's do it. I, that we're folks. We're gonna do this a little bit differently. It, it, yeah. It's, I, I, I listen. It won't be like this every week. And, and thank you all for for listening on uh, wherever you find your podcast. Welcome to Two Glag. Uh, Mar- Mike, and, Mike and Marty here with you as usual. We're getting right into it. And listen, um, this probably has a lot to do with my fantasy week this week. Uh, to say the least, um, was, <laughs> yeah. was, was really hoping to get a little bit of usage out of one Matt Murray, seeing as the Leafs were playing five Oof. games, you know, you always want to take care, take advantage of those man games, right? So, you know, you put Matt yeah. Murray in there and the guy's not going to play a goddamn game this week. And no. you know what, folks, we're, we're giving it away, or at least I'm giving it away right away. Matt Murray is my beast this week. Um, we will leave the beauties for later. We're, we're going to tease you a little bit with that, but I just can't. I can't handle it anymore. I, I got to get rid of him. So, like, it just has to happen. Oh, dude. The, I don't I, even I know. Can't... How are you getting rid of Murray? Oh, he's being dropped. I'm just going to go after somebody, and I'm just going to drop a goaltender here. Sooner or later. Hey, listen. CFHL, I'm coming for a goalie. Marty included. Just saying. I'm, I'm knocking on doors, baby. I'm knocking on doors. Man, do- you. I, I'm, I'm going to the... get the door shut in my face on several occasions. Already have the desperation. Already is, have is thick. Well, here's so the, you're you're well. You're the, here's pay. here's you're the thing, pay. right? Here I will. Yeah. And, and if I have to pay, we'll see what happens. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have. A, I I will only go to a certain amount. But the whole deal. Of course. Listen, I'm not devoid of, of goaltending talent. I'm fine. Like it's not. It's certainly not desperation. It's not like I have one of like Sorokin or Shostakovich injured or whatever. All good. And I've got mm-hmm. and I've got Flurry. Yes, Gustafson yep. is stealing some games, and rightfully so. He's playing well mm-hmm. uh, out there in Minnesota, but still a good third. No problem there. I just yes. want a little bit of insurance, and that insurance is not called Matt Murray whatsoever. I'm done. I believe I've only put him in two weeks this year, and uh, <laughs> oh, the, fir- the first week of the uh, of the year, and of course, like I think he he tripped on a puck or whatever it was. The first like first couple games of the year, gone. I put him in again now. Five games. I'm like, yes, I need some man games against Joel. You know, I, I both my best goaltenders are basically on the bench. Although I did get a shout out with Sorokin, but it still hasn't been helping me out. So long story short, folks, I'm done with Matt Murray. I thought there was quite the possibility here that, you know, at the very least, I could have a guy that I could kind of plug and play every once in a while. 
Plays for it a good looked t- like it. Plays for a good team. It looked like it. All he needed <clears throat> was a little bit of health. <laughs> Obviously have not gotten any of that whatsoever. So there you go. <clears throat> My beast is Matt but... Murray. The, 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 it's everything is just not good. Like it's just happening <laughs> all over again. <clears throat> I mean, anyway, it, he's he's making me look really bad, and we got to deal with this. And yeah, I'm I'm on the hunt for do, some gold. Do you remember? Do you remember at the beginning of the season though, where it was um, Kyle Dubas is a genius way to go out and get Samsonov and Murray as your tandem? And well, he's half you know, right. Letting he's half right. He's because I'm sorry. <clears throat> he we, is half right. Yeah, because we can sit and flip flop this and. Start talking about Samsonov, and you can say whatever you want. Um, you know, didn't deserve the first round uh, selection. What, whatever angle you want to hit in regards to this, this kid goes into Toronto. Um, listen, it's a mecca. It, it, it's a mecca like Montreal. I mean, any of the Canadian cities, Marty. You know, it, like they're they're scrutinized, and this kid would be as well. Yeah. And you know what? He's played really well. Has he had some stinkers? Yeah, in particular against Washington for. Some silly reason he just can't get over the hump there with his former team, but um, mm-hmm. he's played well. He's obviously had a little bit of runway here and has been quite successful. I mean, last game aside, I mean, he came in basically at the last minute when Murray again tripped over a puck, I believe. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> again, you know, the no, Murray, this time I mean, it was a little baby who looked at him wrong, yeah, or something, <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody winked at him and he's just anyway. Uh, so, long story short, I mean, Murray just. He simply can't get it done. Samsonov, on the other hand, is taking the opportunity and is running with it. Um, would we like to see just a little extra consistency for sure? But listen, um, they're in a good spot, the team itself. Uh, well, Matthews, of course, is injured for the next three weeks. That's going to be, you know, something to, to to get over the hump here. But, you know, I do think that the team ha- can weather the storm. And, uh, you know, the goaltending, is, again, aside from, from Matt Murray, the goaltending... It, is okay. It's it's doing what it needs to do. Um, you know, th- can they keep it going in the second half? We're going to find out here. We're going to see. There's going to be a little bit of pressure on on Samsonov in the second half because, regardless of, I think it, they said that Murray's out for the next two games. But let's be realistic here. He just can't get over the injury hump. I don't think it's something that you necessarily want to. I mean, they may just have to go into the playoffs with this tandem, and they don't really have a choice at this point. But I mean, I, I'm sure if they had some sort of way of getting out of it and getting someone else in there, maybe a, you know, another veteran behind Samsonov. I'm sure they would, but let's just call it what it is with his contract. They're not going to be able to move that. I'm pretty sure Murray's going to be part of this tandem going forward. Um, I just don't think he's going to be the lead dog at this point anymore. I think Samsonov is kind of, you know, running away with this a little bit at this point. I just don't see how you can justify even attempting to give Matt Murray the, the one B job he's nope. no longer in that conversation at the very best he's going to get is backup work which i would look at matt murray this the in a even lesser role than what craig anderson is which and we'll talk about him a little bit later uh, over in buffalo where you can matt murray's still serviceable in the sense that he's won two cups um he's won some games he's been around the block um when he's good he is good but like I said a long time ago, you can't bank on him because of his health. That's why you can't bank on him. That's why you give Ilya Samsonov the reins and you tell him from here on out, you are unequivocally our number one goalie point final. It's over. You're the guy. And that's it. And I think they've more or less admitted that now at this point. This is 
the what the no choice injury for Murray. It, well, no choice really, yeah. But so <clears throat> you move forward. You've got I guess you've got Colgren who can come in every once in a while and give Samson off a little bit of a breather. Um, but you're going to lean heavily on Samson off the whole way, hoping that by the time they get to the playoffs, Murray has you know found some sort of health, some sort of consistency within his health. And maybe he, you can help him, or sorry, maybe you can help Samsonov by using Murray sparringly here and there, somewhere in, throughout the playoffs. But this is the best you can hope for. Well, I, it's not good. No, it's not. I mean, it, you you are pinning your hopes a lot on, on Samsonov. Yes, he's played well, but again, we're, we're going to get a really good indication here of where the, where he's at. Particular, like forget all the forget the whole goaltending yeah. situation. Forget Murray. The just where where Samsonov at? We're going to find that out in the second half. I, again, yeah. like there, there's absolutely no way you can slice it or dice it where you can lean on Murray for you know. He, he, at this point, like, I mean, yes, you're kind of stuck with him. Like, you're not going to be able to get rid of him. Nobody's taking that contract over the second half of the season here in any way, shape, or form. And I really do think you're going to, no. you may even have a hard time doing that unless you're just going to have a complete buyout uh, in the summer. So, this is it. This this is what it is. But obviously, you want to see how Samsonov's going to handle things here down the stretch. I would assume that they're going to give him the bulk of the games, making sure that, you know, one, do we do we have what we need here? And it's not like they're going to be able to go out and get somebody else, Marty. Like th- this is oh what my it is. No. Well, this, they got no cap space. No, this they, is what it is. going to want Murray. Uh, exactly. This so is regardless, is. do the best you can. Regardless the of whether you're break right or- is coming at a good time for for them. Oh yeah. Like the, because not necessarily Murray, but more so Samsonov. Yeah. For the rest. They just leaned on Samsonov for five and exactly for five in a row. He needs a bit of a rest. So he needs this break. He was not going to the all-star game. So that's good. There's going to be a bit of a break and that's, it's important because it was a is a big stretch for him. It, it is, and and you know what, like it, it's going to be tough, but they're going to, you know, you're going to find out what kind of metal he's made of here over the second half, and you're going to find out what you got. And I, I do think they have something that they can work with here. I really do. I mean, the kid's getting, yeah. you know, he's he's a little bit older, he's getting more mature, so we'll see how it all kind of kind of plays out here. And now, great segue here. Speaking of getting more mature, let's move right across the border here from Toronto in the Buffalo. Because yeah. th- th- this is a team, and you know what, Marty, I- I'm going to let you kind of have the reins here a little bit to start off, but sure. this is definitely a team that, you know, we've talked about a fair bit this year. Uh, you know, I'll get into a couple of things here, what's my beauties at the end of the show in regards to, to Buffalo, but uh, you know what, exciting team to watch, uh, a growing team, but uh, you know what, they- they've got something going on down there in Buffalo, and you know what, I'll let you take the reins here, big guy. Uh, well, they had something going on in Buffalo is, in my opinion, kind of a massive understatement. Um, but there, there's something, there's something else going on with them. Like they've got everything you could hope for young, enthusiastic players. People are happy to play in Buffalo. This is the kind of thing you really haven't seen in a long time. Um, it's a good team all around, well coached. Um, they've got good defense. They've got good offense. Everything's there except for goaltending. This is one area where they just, they, I don't know if it's that they thought to themselves, we're not going to be where we need to be in a few years anyway. So let's just, let's just keep Chris Anderson around and let's bring in, oh my God, you pronounce his name. Oh, the, uh, the, the, the Finnish goal. Is it the young one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, here, let, let me Luko? try this here. <laughs> Hold Lukanen. on a second here. Oh my God. Oh my God. You go Pekka Lokinen. Is it, it's Lokinen? Okay. Lokinen? Okay. I, 
Th that's, where gonna, that's where we're going to go with. That's the best we're going to come up with I'm today. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Luke. We're going with Luke. We're going Luke. <laughs> that's, we're you, going to Canadian fight. You, you know what? That's not a word. Let, let's just shorten it right up. UPL. There you go. UP, UPL. <laughs> goalie of the future. My, goaltender of the future. My point is, is I'm exactly goalie. That's exactly it. Goalie of the future. I wonder if Buffalo didn't think they would be here by now. So that they didn't do anything, or they didn't do the. No, I think you're on. I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I'm just thinking that having Craig Anderson around, it, as valuable as he is, because he is, there is still value. I read a story on Twitter recently where they talked about how great it was to have Anderson with the team, and this was a player talk. I think this was Darlene actually telling him about stories that, that are valuable to the team. Mm -hmm. That struck me as an insult more than anything else because, oh, here's this player. We're paying $2 million to be here and the value the players are pulling from, which is valuable, but the thing that sticks out the most to them is it his play because this team should be not in ninth with the type of offense and, and, and overall team that they have. They should be higher up. The value they're pulling from their goalie who they've given 17 starts to is his stories. I'm sorry, but that tells me that, okay, Buffalo didn't really think this one through. That's why I feel like they didn't think they would be here. So they thought this year will be a year of where we get the kids some exposure to some games and let's be creative. Let's have some fun with this and not take ourselves too seriously. So let's re-sign Anderson, give him 2 million. He's he'll be 42 by the time this season ends. Um, that's an issue. If you're also aware of the fact that Luke or UPL or whatever um, is not ready for this either. He's a great goalie. He's going to be a great goalie. He's going to be their goalie. It's not right now. 326, 900. That's not it. That's not going to do it. Anderson, absolutely. 918, 273. Absolutely. Playing very well. But there are things that stand out for me about his play Anderson's that tells me you can't lean on him. You can't hope for him. That's, this is why you're in ninth place. This is why you probably will be on the outside looking in. And that's a shitty thing to think or even say, because this team, I want this team in the playoffs. This is a fun team. This is to, as far as I'm concerned to a lesser degree, this is the Edmonton Oilers of the East. I want this team in there because of what they do with the puck. And it's exciting. How they score goals is exciting. This is the young team that I want to see do their magic on the big stage. And it'd be a lot of fun. But back to Anderson for a second. Um, I'm just going to rhyme off a couple of things that I noticed. So he has six games of four goals against or more out of 17. He doesn't play stretches of games consecutively except for one stretch of two games in November and then he was thrown into a third after Comrie couldn't get the job done. He's still fairly inconsistent in that he'll lose to Chicago, letting in four goals on 22 shots, but then beat Dallas, uh, holding them to two goals on 29 shots. There's no rhyme or reason to, to his season. Again, doing serviceable things, but 100% only a backup. But unfortunately for Anderson, and I think we've seen this in the past, even as a backup, the longer you go with him, the longer it becomes evident that you shouldn't be going with him. He is your, I would even, I don't want to say a 2B backup option, but on for on a Buffalo team, he's not. On the Buffalo team right now where you got Comrie, Anderson, and, and Lou, I, I'm thinking Anderson is your best backup 
which is not saying a whole heck of a lot, which also means that Lou is your starter, which is also not saying a heck of a lot. You've got your starter with the worst numbers, but the reason that he's there is because he's younger and he can handle the load. Because if you lean too heavily on Anderson, by the time you get, if you get anywhere near the playoffs and you need those important games to be won down the stretch, ain't going to happen with Lou, ain't going to happen with Anderson. Ooh, camera shook. So this is why I'm a little bit frustrated that Buffalo has done this because I think they should be like ninth. They're ninth in the conference. A team that has scored 185 goals and have 165 against. They're one of the best. I think they're in third for goals for. They're not necessarily letting in that many goals against either. And like, I mean, if you're looking across the league, I think they're somewhere in the middle. Um, so they should be winning more games. But they're this is kind of like a stark contrast to Martin Jones over in Seattle. We talked about him last time where Martin Jones kind of saves the day at the right time, doesn't have the great numbers. That's why he's got high wins. Whereas with Anderson, kind of can't rely on him. You don't, it's Jekyll and Hyde with him. So you're not getting those saves when you should be getting them. And so you're losing those close games. So that's my frustration with Buffalo. I see them as being a playoff team collectively, just not in nets. Well, I mean, from my point of view, when you're talking about the Buffalo Sabres, and my generalistic term here will be, I think they're right where they're supposed to be. And what I mean by that is, one, I think we can fully agree that expectations were raised after the start of the season that they had. Okay? Like, let, let, let's let's go over it really quickly here. The Buffalo Sabres, okay. as, it current, as it currently stands, and I'll go with, I'll go th- with uh, points percentage here. Okay. So, going by points percentage, Buffalo is the 16th ranked team in the league. They're at a 571, so they're above 500. 49 games played, 26 wins, 19 losses. Like, that's pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Like, not not too bad. Yeah. So, in my personal opinion, Buffalo is ahead of where they should be. Now, going through everything, I mean... Uh, sorry, ahead of where they should be? Well, I, I mean, they, they, they certainly are... The expe- the expectation was that they wouldn't exactly be here right now. Like, they're in, okay. they're, they're in a spot, like, 26 and 19. I'm sorry, that's seven games above 500. Like, did I, did I necessarily yeah, see the Buffalo point. Sabres as being seven games above 500 at the 50-game mark? Let's call it, they're at 49, but let's call it 50. So at the 50-game yeah. mark, th- th- there are seven games above 500. I'm sorry if I had to give a, a prognostication at the start of the year. I certainly wouldn't have said that. Would they be above 500? Pot- potentially could very well. But yeah, seven, yeah. the way it is right now and the way they've played. I mean, look, you, you've got pieces now that can start to dominate for, for you. Up front, you've got the Twin Towers, Thompson, Tuck. Uh, you know, you've got that kind of secondary thing going on in, in guys like Jack Quinn. Uh, you know, you've got a, a, um, a middle stat that's continuing to develop. You know, probably brought up a little bit early, but, you know, it's taking a little bit of time. But he's coming along nicely. Um, yes, Cousins uh, yeah, is abso- playing really well, absolutely, too. Power absolutely. Power starting to turn around. Exactly. So yeah. you've got and Darlene, not enough said there. on the. You've got pieces Jeez. that can dominate in certain areas do they have the goaltending set yet absolutely not is it getting there in my personal opinion yes it is i love the way they've got anderson there just just as a a, a veteran presence a guy that can, that can go in there do some spot duty for you hopefully you can get a good i don't know like 17 games 18 games maybe push 20 games out of him uh, you know i know there's a three-headed monster there with Comrie involved as well but um upl is getting 
sometime. And what I like about that situation right now is he's taking that next step in his development. He's getting more games than he ever has this year. He's playing more minutes. He, the thing for me that I really like is this is a 23 year old, six foot five, 217 pound goaltender. So he's got, he's got all the pedigree. He's got the the height that you want a big guy and, and he's 23. So what I, what I like about that is he's coming along with that group. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Darlene himself is 23. Uh, I think Tage Thompson is 26. I want to say that Tuck's 26. So coming up with that whole group, they're all going to kind of do this and start to continue to, to or continue to build and, and develop and grow uh, uh, and mature into this club that we are fully expecting them to be, which is going to be some wicked exciting hockey. I mean, absolutely, dude. You got you right now. You've got Darlene on that back end, and you've got. Owen Power that's going to be coming up the pipe here too. I mean, and, and the nice thing yeah. about it is he's got the time to do it too. It's not like he's being rushed. Yeah. You got Darlene now who's really settled into his game, you know, a dominant force on the back end. So you can take your time with Power. He doesn't have to be the guy. He can be the guy down the road, but he doesn't have to be that right now. Can do, right can now, do yeah. it slowly and, and develop and, a little bit more. Exactly. But I just, I love where this team is at right now. Great coaching. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you can't sit here don't get me wrong 3.26 goals against average 900 save percentage for upl it's not exactly where you want it to be but let let's call it what it is here young goaltenders continuing to learn the league learning these shooters on a nightly basis i mean buffalo themselves is still not a finished product in regards to their their offense and defensive game here either i mean this is still a a group that's building their top six defensemen so there is going to be nights where and and that's the thing right buffalo's at that place right now where they will have those games where they should completely and utterly be beating chicago no questions about it but listen you've got patrick kane you've got taze there is still something to be said for veteran leadership how to play the game determination willpower like there's a lot of things that the Sabres still need to learn here. I mean, Marty, we've said it time and time again. These champ- And you can use these championship teams as an example. A lot of them will have to falter before they do any do anything <clears throat> in regards to any kind of damage in the playoffs. Perfect example, a couple of years yeah. back, Tampa Bay Lightning gets swept by the by uh, Columbus 4-0. What happens after that? They basically go on three deep runs the next three seasons. So mm-hmm. it's all about learning how to win right now. That's where Buffalo is. These young players are starting to realize what they have in their skill set, that they start to realize that we can dominate. Like, you know, there's a point where a lot of these young players start to realize, okay, I can dominate this game. And a perfect example is a guy like Darlene, if we're talking about Buffalo. Like, great player, had a great rookie season, maybe some subpar seasons after that. But you can see the change now. Like, he has been yeah. he has been shown more grit. He he has taken more. I mean, dude, at the start of the year, and and it's it's only because I haven't watched a, a massive amount of Buffalo games over the past couple months. But I remember watching a few at the start of the year, and I don't know how many times I saw Darlene un, uh, um, under the goal line, like he was deep in the offensive. Like, and and that's coming really? from both the coaching staff. And the players, like, he has a confidence that, hey, listen, I'm going to get down there, and if I get in a little trouble, I'm pretty sure my, my skating can, can you know, help me get back as best as possible here. But the point is, is that they're still learning how to win. And I do think overall, 
that they are exactly where they should be. Would you love to see them make the playoffs this year? I'd love it, dude. Like, if we're talking about what we want, I would I would want the Buffalo Sabres to make the playoffs. Are they ready to, to are they ready to make that big of a leap yet? Well, you know what? There's a second half of the season, and we're gonna find out. Because again, there, there's gonna be a lot. Listen, the, 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 you can you can go through the first half of the season, and you can do a lot on skill, Marty. You can win a lot of games through your skill and and just the the attributes that you have. We all know that that second half of the season, it starts to really get down to a pretty good grind here because now you see teams are really starting to say, okay, we, you know, teams that may be out of the playoffs or, you know, want to solidify their position, you start to see where you got to be. And in, in yeah. Buffalo's case, they're, they're on the outside looking in. They see where they got to go. This is going to be a big test for them. And, it's not it's not a failure if they don't make the playoffs this year. It really isn't. Like this no, is still a team. No, not at all. It's still a team that is <clears throat> they're all learning how to get this done. And let's call it what it is, Marty. The goaltending, it's 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 not UPL may have a great second half of the season here. And and, and that and that's quite a possibility. But there's still that there's still that de- development curve. Like the kids just has not had enough games. Have rookie goaltenders come in and surprised? Absolutely, dude. Like, I'm not saying they can't go on a run, but it's the NHL, man. Like, you know, <laughs> th- this is night in and night out here. So they're, they're figuring this out. And, you know, that's that's one of the things I, I've written down last year for this was the hard part is to prove it on the ice, night in and night out now for these guys. It's all well and good to be able to get through some stuff with your skill, but now now it's time to get it done. And... It's going to be interesting to see in the second half of the season. Well, we're going to see what they're they're made of and where they're at right now because the second half is definitely going to show that. That's my only fear for this team. Like I don't I don't think they're incapable of making the playoffs. And let me be very frank and say if they do make it to the playoffs, that's their Stanley Cup. Like that that's their victory. That's great. They're going to get a lot of. Um, experience out mm-hmm. of this you get a lot of knowledge out of this uh, I, i'm looking at the roster and i'm struggling to find who on this team actually has any playoff experience i think maybe Akposo has some Possibly, uh, from, yep. maybe from the islanders yep. definitely not from buffalo years um but aside from that nobody's got that experience it'd be nice if this crew actually did make it just squeak in kind of thing or whatever get in uh, and then get in and get out, whatever. That's their experience. That'll be theirs as a team. Like this is a very good core to have to go through that experience together would be excellent. And I guarantee you, Anderson would say the same thing in that dressing room. Guys, just go out here and enjoy it. We're not even supposed to be here. And that's one of the most dangerous teams you can find is a team with nothing to lose and lots of talent to prove that they've got what it takes to be there. They would be, I would choose them as one of my underdogs if I had to, knowing full well they're not going to probably do anything. Um, again, biggest reason would be, I, unless miracles happen, their goaltending situation would be their their biggest issue. That and probably a little bit of immaturity and you know, running into a team like, as as an example, like Tampa Bay, Buffalo would stand no chance. Tampa's got way too much experience, and they play a completely different game in the playoffs, and and Buffalo would be taken by surprise, even though they would think to themselves, ah, we got this. Um, no, probably not. But uh, 
yeah. Anyways, I would like to see them there, but it's okay if they don't. I mean, the the one nice thing that I uh, that I will say, and this basically goes to Buffalo management and and, and the higher ups in, in that team. I'm glad they haven't come out and cut. Listen, what I'm getting to here is the mistake that the Ottawa Senators made a couple of years back in saying that the rebuild was over. Because in <laughs> and and I hate to continue to bring yeah. it back up, Scott. Sorry, dude. But to a certain extent, I really do kind of feel that that's set them back a little bit now. You know, we've had some time. Possibly. We've had some time go by here, and yes, they you know great summer last year in regards to the acquisitions. But you just kind of feel like they haven't played up to those expectations, right? Since that statement's been made, and I'm just really glad that because with where Buffalo's at right now. Anybody over the past few months could have come out and said something like that or something to that extent, you know what I mean? Like we're, and they haven't. And and I, I think that's vitally important because you're not putting any undue pressure on that team. Like you're still giving these kids that, and well, kids, I mean, I know Thompson's 26, Tuck's 26. You're still giving this team time to develop into what it can be. You're not really putting this undue pressure on. And I, I think that for me personally, that that's a big thing because it could have easily been said, especially with the way they kind of came out at the start of the year. They were a little bit on fire here. And, you know, with the performance that Thompson's had this year, you could certainly make some cases that, you know, rebuild's over. Uh, we're on to the next phase. Yeah. They haven't said anything. They haven't said anything. Just no. going to just gonna do the, yeah. take care of their business second half here. See what's up. Do we make the playoffs or not? No problem. What kind of moves can we make over the next couple of years? You know, obviously, they're not going to be keeping a guy like Ocposo around. Just too much money. <clears throat> I don't even know what, happened, what what he has left in term or anything like that, but he's just not part of the future going forward. So, you know, let, let's see what we got in UPL the rest of the way here. Is this somebody we can lean on in the second half of the season going into the summer, kind of moving into next year? Is he kind of the guy that we're going to start leaning on right away? Well, we're, we'll see here. And that's going to be the fun part, especially well for fans as well as management here. You, you get to kind of see what, what what's going on here because whether they make the playoffs or not, one thing that management's going to want to see is, okay, who who we who are we going to be taking along? Who's pulling, you know, the same in the same direction as the rest of us here? If you're not along for the ride, it's coming to, it's it's coming to a point in Buffalo where they're not just going to be happy with you know if you have skill or anything like that. They're going to want people who are going to want to be there to play, and uh, you know again the second half is certainly going to help out in that regard and help them figure out who they want to keep. No matter how you look at it, too, this team has actually very impressively changed dramatically over the last two years. This is the second full season under Don Granado, and you can see a big yeah, thumbprint all over this team from him. He has clearly made a difference. He started out, he was sort of a mid-season replacement in 2021, but then 21-22, full season, 32-39 out of the playoffs, obviously. That's his first full season. But what I liked was that between those two seasons, again, 2020 and 2021, he was starting to work with Tage. You can see Tage was actually starting to come through and there was something about him that Granado probably decided, okay, I'm gonna we're gonna take care of this kid the right way. Now we're gonna do this right. And then sure enough, last year his explosive season, and now look what he's doing this year. So quite frankly, Granado deserves a little mm -hmm. bit of a pay cut from Tage Thompson's new contract because that was a big reason for it. It's the fact that this coach is doing he's let them go better with this team every year. 
And the progression of this Buffalo Sabres team is due large, large uh, by and large, is from this. I don't know if it's the whole coaching staff, but I'm going to single out Don Granado and say that it's this is his blueprint. This is him taking this team, saying this is what this team is. And I think honestly, I don't think it's him telling this team what it is. I think it's him himself also growing with this team and going, you know what? I think this. I think this is what this team is. Let's see if it is, and then letting them sort of work that out. And I think that's kind of it's not a hands off approach so much as it's it's um it's what <laughs> it's a cupping. Is it a cupping? I think it's a cupping. It's a cupping. It's, it's like a cradling. Here you go. He nurtures. Um, he nurtures the young. He is nurturing the young yeah. talent in Buffalo for sure. Yeah, and doing something great with it, uh, and seeing progress every year, and at, to the tune of like, if they're out of the playoffs this year, it's not like we've just discussed. Not an issue. It's okay if they make it. It's all the more kudos to to Granado because. This is him. This is his team. This is what he's doing with it. Those players deserve a lot of credit. Yes, but so does the coach and so does the coaching staff. Um, and I think that goes a long way with younger players. I think you're seeing something very special in Buffalo. And thanks, Don Granato. Buffalo, we see you. We see you down there. We, see, we, we like what you got. We like, we like what you got going on. Keep it going. Donnie, Donnie Granato, keep it up, son. Well done. You're doing all right, bud. I appreciate it. Now, somebody... Yeah. Now, uh, another beautiful segue, someone who doesn't really nurture young talent. Um, <laughs> say the least. Yes. Um, one Oof. one Daryl Sutter. Um, oh. You know what, Marty? Like, uh, again, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. Uh, I, I know this is something that you, you've been wanting to talk about for sure. Um, you know, I, I know at the end of the day, we probably have some different viewpoints on where they where they should be going with this but uh you know what i'll let you uh i'll let you take the lead here and uh i hope i hope we disagree i like it when we disagree oh we're disagreeing but uh, we're okay good we're we're we're, we're kind of agreeing but we're disagreeing at the end so so here it is you go agreeing there's a problem disagreeing with the solution yes yes something like that okay all right so first and foremost let me just say that i've always liked sutter suitor uh he always he's always reminding me of my uncle Mike um, mostly because of the way he they both just the way they talk it's weird people of that generation they kind of have a way with words and a way of weaving stories from their experiences and they're always so interesting and it's just again it's just the, the demeanor that he carries with himself there's something about it that I can I can just sit and listen for hours never stop talking I'm in all the way through and I respect him I uh, 100% respect him always enjoyable However, it's obvious there is a divide, a divide between uh, True Living and himself. Um, not saying I believe that I'm, I'm not team True Living at all, but I, I'm not necessarily not him either. So, right, just for now. So I, I point this out because obviously Sutter feels that in order for him to be successful, that he's the one calling all of the shots. So inherently, I don't mind that mentality. There's a plan, see it through, thick and thin. That's what we're going to do. However, if life has taught me anything, it's that you aren't, it, sorry, if life has taught me anything is that if you aren't prepared to pivot at a moment's notice, then you're going to suffer. And if, if you're not, if you don't see that as being a positive thing, um, again, I can appreciate that you want, you have a plan, you want to stick to it all the way through it. There's distractions, don't waver off it, no problem. But you got to be able to read the terrain. You got to be able to see sometimes 
okay, things just aren't working out the way I planned and there's too many roadblocks. At what point do I step out of this for a second and sort of look at it from above and go, okay, no, we're not actually going in the right direction. I do need to take something from the outside to bring it in. So you need to be able to adjust and just sort of figure out like, okay, maybe this guy's got a good idea. Let's talk about that. Let's try that because so far, everything that I thought was going to go right has not exactly gone right. Maybe not everything, but enough things to make me pause for a moment and wonder, okay, am I really doing the best thing for this team? So as a coach, you need to be able to pivot and see that. And I don't know. I'm not seeing Suter being able to feel like he should. I'm not seeing him feeling like he needs to waver off of anything, be it pride um, or just be it that he loves that mentality of, no, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. And that's that. Um, and he's not very good with kids. <laughs> we'll just say that. Uh, obviously, the I'm, I'm referring again to the Petitia thing. Um, and I, I'm not going to go over it again. People should know by now. Um, but I'm mentioning it because it's a moment because Trilliving is the one who said, you got to bring this kid up. Uh, he's doing, there's too many people are asking for him to come up. He's doing really well in the AHL. I see no reason not to. Let's bring him up. Then the media just wouldn't shut up about it. And I can appreciate all that. I understand that perspective. And that's why uh, he uh, sort of decided that when he was asked after Pitsy's first game that he was going to pull out his glasses and read the sheet and be like, who, who is he? What number? Like play it down because he didn't want to give more fuel to the media. Okay. That, but that what you do there is you really deflate the tires of that kid's first game. And there's no need for that. Now that kid's got to carry that. And, you know, I agree, toughen up, you know, the NHL, you know, people are going to say much meaner things and that's fine. But this is your coach, the one who's supposed to be helping you, sort of support you through it. I, In other words, I don't think Granada would ever do something like this. Let me just say that. And look at the success of Buffalo versus the success of Calgary. They're going in the opposite direction, which is kind of what happened with sort of the last time he was around in Calgary. They, you know, they're doing really well, and then they had a great season. And it seems once they, they hit that, that peak, they start to go down. And I think last year was Calgary's peak with him as their head coach. And this is the slow decline until he eventually will get fired or let go or whatever, however you want to say it, um, or exasperate his, his contract. But one way or another, this is not the coach for this team. And in my opinion, there's too much talent on this team. They should not be where they're at right now. And again, it's on, for me, this, on, in this particular case, this is on the coach. Well, I mean, look, full transparency here before I say anything else. I have picked this team to win the Stanley Cup for the past two years. Okay? So it totally goes without saying that this guy is going to have to start changing his tunes in regards to this goddamn club. Okay? They're making me, they're making me look fucking silly at this, to this point, and I don't like it. Now, a little bit. I, think no, we could, I think we can all agree that with the offseason that they had, everybody was quite impressed with how Tree Living was able to uh, um, navigate that terrain, losing Kachuk, basically saying like, yeah. "Listen, I'm letting you know now that I'm not going to be resigning." So, you know, he did the best. That he, well, the best. I'm sorry, the best that he could. Not a bad return. You're getting yes, you're getting a 30 year old here, but you're getting Mackenzie Weger as well. But those two additions, uh, you know, I, I I certainly felt 
mitigated. I won't say that Huberdeau replaced both Kachuk and Goudreau in regards to production, but at least mitigated things to, to a certain extent. You would have hoped that guys like maybe a Mangiapane, uh, you know, some other guys yeah. may, maybe take a little bit of a step uh, forward in regards to their production. Uh, you know, looking at the defense, you kind of said, my God, they're adding Uyghur. That's going to be a, a pretty decent top six. Well, further, actually, it's better than decent top six. It's going to be a pretty darn good top six. Could probably rival just about any other top yeah. six in the league. Uh, you're throwing in Markstrom yep. in there uh, with the defensive system that Suter play, uh, Sutter plays. I mean, it seemed to me that you had a lot of the the pieces that you needed, uh, you know, to, to, to do well during the regular season, to have success uh, in regards to uh, your record and, and play. Uh, and, of course, going being able to make and a good seating exactly and not just making the playoffs but a good oh seating. absolutely and, and they're in the bottom exactly and, and well they, they're not even in a wild card spot right now and i'll get into that in two seconds too no but i mean y- you would have <laughs> thought that they've been and especially with that type of team built for the playoffs and i've said it before and i you know i still say it again obviously a defensive team like that with a guy like uh, sutter at the helm and with that makeup of a club that's a team that's ready to kind of make a deep playoff run like they're, they're playoff they're built for the playoffs Totally. Uh, yeah. You're throwing in Kadri in there. Uh, you know, I, I keep forgetting about him. Like, that's a big addition. Um, so yeah. so suffice to say, th- this team just is not where anybody thought they would be. Now, what I will say is, in regards to Huberto, Huberto and that Florida system, you know, I'm not saying that it, it, it was uh, all uh, east-west versus north-south. But let, let's call it what it is. How many times did we see Jonathan Huberter weave his way into the offensive zone? Whereas Sutter is much more of a north-south game, very much more simplistic in that regard. And I certainly do think that that has had an impact on both Huberto and, and the, the capabilities of the club to put, put up more points, have a better record with him being more productive. Okay. Number two. Markstrom obviously has not been anywhere, anywhere near where he should be in regards to what we would have expected out of both his own play and the system that he's in. I mean, dude, look, Sutter's system, Markstrom, to me, that spells success, right? Like, I mean, there should be some really, there should be some really good numbers there. We should be looking at Jacob Markstrom, 2.3, 2.25, 2.35 kind of deal, 920-ish, 917, 918% Like, that's where we should you know that's where we should see him he's just he hasn't had that kind of a year now what i will say is the pieces are there can can they turn it around yes they can is it going to be a challenge and are the cards stacked against them yes they are now it's not massive right now as it stands you have the edmonton oilers with a 28 and 18 record for 60 points 50 games played sitting with the number one wildcard spot. Colorado at 27-18 for 57 points. Now, mind you, they have two games in hand on both the Oilers and the Flames that are behind them. They're sitting at 48 games played. And the Flames, as I mentioned here, they played two more games than Colorado. 50 games played, 24-17 for 57 points. So you've got a team ahead of you that's got games in hand. You have a team behind you in Nashville that has games in hand on you as well. Uh, and they're only three points behind you. So the time is now. You, you are, listen, Vladar has played very well for this team this year. 
Okay. 25 year yeah. old, six foot five, 209 pound goaltender. In 19 games played, he's got 11 wins, four losses, four in overtime. The peripheral numbers aren't super splashy. 2.77 goals against average, 904 save percentage. But you know what? They have certainly spelled uh, Markstrom's poor play in several instances. The only problem is, is that this isn't your guy. This isn't the guy that's no. going to bring you through the playoffs. It's not going to bring you to the to the conference semifinal. It's Markstrom who's going to do it if anybody's going to do it. So he needs to find his game. And if he doesn't, the Flames may not even make the playoffs. Flat out. Flat out. I mean, it, it is stacked against you here. I mean, you got Colorado that's finally coming on. And they're going to start yeah. getting players back here. Like, don't forget, you're getting a huge uh, deadline acquisition in Gabe Landeskog out there in Colorado. He's coming back. And that's going to be huge. Is it going to be... You know, mid-season form, absolutely not. But I'm pretty sure he'll start to be, he'll pretty much be clicking come playoff time. And I really do think that the Avalanche will make the playoffs, no doubt. So it, I agree. It, it's it's time to get it done here. Now, this is where we differ a little bit. I cert, I don't think it makes any benefit to get rid to make any kind of a coaching change. And I think it's actually more detrimental than anything. I think that that team. Is is ingrained in the way Sutter plays. I think there have been some hiccups along the way. Huberto and Markstrom, as I mentioned, uh, you know, predominantly. But I do think you have what it what it takes. I don't think you should be making a coaching change, but if you do, and I've written this down here, the only, the only guy that I make any kind of a coaching change for here is if Barry Trotz is available and wants to coach the Calgary Flames. I have absolutely no idea if he wants to. I would assume he was really? I would assume he was, you know, thinking of his hometown team and or his hometown in Winnipeg and we know how that went down in the whole 9 yards. That is the I, I don't make a coaching change. I want to make that clear. I don't I don't think it's beneficial unless right. unless it's Barry Trotz and the only reason why I mentioned Barry Trotz is in all reality, I think he fits that system because you have another defensive-minded guy going in there. And I, I I mean, I just think he fits into kind of what they have as personnel and how they play. I, 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 I wouldn't want another guy coming in. Like, let's call it what it is. And I know it's a different, it's a different hold. It's, it's apples and oranges. But look at Vancouver. They bring in Rick Tockett. That's a completely, completely different thought process than Bruce Boudreaux. Boudreaux's more offense, Tockett's more defense. Like, I don't think you should be, and and I have no problem with that in Vancouver because it's a lost season. Where I would have a problem in Calgary is because I don't think that this season is completely lost yet. I think you still have time to kind of rectify this and get in the playoffs. So if you make a coaching moves, in my 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 personal opinion, the only guy that you do that for is Barry Trotz. Okay, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you double down on your problem. I, I think. No, but, I, no, but sorry. I mean, let me, could, let me say this. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, to me, if you make a coaching, like, listen, back and and I know that, you know, they made the coaching change with the Blues and Barube went in there and they went on a run in the whole nine, and I get that. And yes, that can happen. There's there's usually a bump, and I get that. I just. To me, right now, you'd be making a coaching change just for the simple fact of making a coach, like to, to, to change it up. And I just, I don't think that that's beneficial at this particular point. 
I, I'm not saying that you don't make a coaching change, Marty, in the off season. I just don't think you make it in season. I don't think you, okay. that, that's my personal opinion. And, and the reason I, and, no, but I, that's one aspect I was actually agreeing with. I, I don't think you get rid of uh, Daryl Sutter right now. Um, I don't, it, it, you're not going to be able to, that's not, it's, I don't think it's, it's really going to help you. Fix. I don't think there's any way it helps you if you get rid of Sutter now. Um, w- no. would, would the team go on a little run? Uh, Listen, I mean, if we're going off, maybe. if we're going off of trends, maybe there's always that initial bump, if you will, that they call it. Yeah. But I, I just, with the way the team is built, with the way they play hockey, I, I just don't really see any kind of a benefit to making any kind of a change. And, and like I say, if you are to make a change, like if for whatever reason, the the people who own that team. Uh, Ken King and, and, and that consortium of owners, if they see it fit that, yes, there needs to be made a coaching change. Brad, you need to make a coaching change. I think you have to keep it similar to to how they play. Because why are you gonna if, why are you gonna completely change things while you're trying to make get into a playoff spot? You're three points out. You are yeah. you're three well, yes, you're three sorry. Right now you're actually tied with Colorado, but you they have games in hand. So, the so, game's a hand, yeah. so technically you're right there. Like I, I just yeah. think if you make a change and you go differently in regards to a more offensively, you're, you're changing too much in mid season. And I just don't know if it's going to work to me. It doesn't benefit anything. That's why the only, only, only guy to me, if the, if, if, if somebody up top who owns that team says, you know what? I just can't. I can't take it. I can't take Sutter anymore. I can't do it. Brad, you got to do something. You have to do something. Make a change. The only guy to me that you bring in is Barry Trotz, and that's just because of the type of coach that he is and the type of team that the Calgary Flames are. It's a match made in heaven that way, and you could continue with the rest of the season, and there wouldn't be this massive uh, um, difference in structure that the team would play with. You know what I mean? So that's absolutely, that, that's, and that's I, where my I, thought I'm not process is. That I, I'm not necessarily saying that, that, you know, going after Barry, sorry, I'm not necessarily saying that necessarily saying that getting rid of Daryl Sutter right now is the right call. I don't think that's the right call. I think you're right. I think they've got enough time. They're within arm's reach. Uh, and in fact, I do believe there's actually, there's, there's, you're going to start seeing them separating themselves. They're ninth. You're going to start seeing a separation from ninth and 10th place with the rest of the bottom half of that Western Conference because the bottom half of that Western Conference is really shitty. So you're going to start seeing that separation happen. It, Calgary and Nashville are going to be probably neck and neck the rest of the way in my opinion but it's going to be a collectively it's going to be like a minnesota maybe even los angeles because they might start they might actually start falling back to earth uh but who knows so minnesota edmonton colorado calgary and nashville are going to be battling for those last few spots and calgary may or may not be outside looking in but again you don't so you don't do it now but in my opinion like calgary is not necessarily that bad offensively they actually and the structure is there to be successful. They're actually, let me see here. Is it second? Kind of. They're kind of. Ironically, they they're second in the league in shots per goals. Uh, sorry, shots per games played uh, at thirty five point four two, behind only Florida at thirty five point six five. But the thing is, is they've actually got a better shots against games played at twenty seven point eight two versus thirty two point two seven. Calgary is the better team 
for at least trying to create chances and taking some away. They're structurally, they're sound. Um, they're really good. I, th- to me, this just tells me this is one small stat that to me suggests that the plays they're running don't accentuate the skills of this team. The plays they're running are plays. That's it. They're just hockey plays. And that's what Daryl Sutter knows. He knows hockey. He doesn't necessarily know players. Sorry, that's some bad English. Too many S's. He doesn't necessarily know players. He knows systems. So he infuses a system and hopefully the players adapt well and do well. This could easily be a shot on the Huberdos, the Cadres, the Magipanes, the rest of that team, the Lindholms as well, uh, all of them. This could be a shot on them for not adapting well to the system. But all this really tells me is that last year, Goudreau and Kachuk ran that system to a T and those around them benefited. Right now, there is no Goudreau, there is no Kachuk. There's Huberto and there's, you know, sprinkle in some Cadres and Lindholms and, and what have you. There's just not enough there to run the system and let the system be successful for these players. These are the types of players that, remember Roberto Luongo? He was only as good as he was so long as the busier he got, the better he was. If he didn't see more than 20 pucks a game, he was probably going to lose that game. So the more he got peppered with shots, the better he got. I kind of look at there's some offensive There's an offensive dynamic to that, too, for players. I think certain players need to be able to run freely, openly. Can you imagine trying to do something within a Sutter system that's against that system? Imagine going back to the bench. I guarantee you he doesn't let you play for the next three shifts. So you know you're going to get punished. So you know you can't go outside that system. So you hold back on your skills. That's what I mean. He doesn't doesn't do well with young kids he doesn't and this nhl in the sense that that's kind of what drives a lot of these successful teams is the kids ability to be creative within the situation and adapt and pivot that's not daryl sitter's system that's not how shit rolls with him still there's a there's an argument that is successful again 35 shots against the team is a lot and 27 against for your own goalie is not a whole lot. Yes, Markstrom is not doing his part. Villar can only do so much. But in the end, this all just tells me that this is the wrong system for this team. So I think doubling down on that by going out and getting trots is also the wrong idea. You need someone who's got a bit of trot or a, a bit of Daryl Sutter and a bit of Rick Bonus who can actually go in, find those players, and make them flourish within that system, but the system isn't bounding them to end their talent. It's allowing them to do more. And that's where I think they should be next year. Well, I mean, the, the, the one thing... Does that make sense? No, it, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, it, it's 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 a matter of how they kind of want to approach it, right? Like, in my personal opinion, I think you probably make a, a change in, in the offseason. I do think that... I mean, look, you signed... Uh, Uyghur, you signed Huberto to you know some long contracts here. Like, no matter which way you look at it, this team is in win now mode. So it's not like you're yeah. you're bringing you know you, you want to bring somebody in here who's going to uh, get the most value you can out of this team. Now, are you looking? I I would venture to say you're probably looking for somewhat of a hybrid. You definitely want somebody who's you know going to be able to take advantage of that defensive system and and defensive personnel that they have, but you're also going to want somebody who can you know kind of let the leash go a little bit. 
Uh, and, and again, I kind of, you know, I'm leaning on the Huberto issue here. I, you, you are going to need to get production out of that guy in the 85 to 90 point range, no matter which way you want to look at it. it, it that has to be the floor, Marty. I mean, this guy is, is going to be making a lot of money over the next eight years. He's replacing the contract that you were going to give Goudreau in the first place. So you need that type of production. I mean, what I would I like more something along the lines of uh, pushing the century mark most years from him. Absolutely. But you know what? You, you got to be a little bit realistic here, too. And it, it potentially just may not be the same for him ever again. Now that he's out of Florida. So, you know, I. I need top end production. I need first line production from that player. End of story. End of story. I need at least 85 to 90 out of this guy. Totally. That has to be his floor. No questions asked. So you need to go out and you need to get somebody who, who to me, like I say, is a hybrid is going to at least let that offense kind of gel itself together, work itself together. I mean, listen, even a guy like Kadri, that's not somebody who's devoid of offensive talent there. It's not like you bring Kadri in to be this big defensive uh, specialist there. I mean, he, yeah. he can play some great defense, but this guy knows how to score. He showed it. He showed us all last year with the injuries in, in Colorado. So you need something that's going to at least untap that a little bit while not taking away from, let's call it what it is, what this team is built on. And it's a little bit more on the defensive side than anything else. I mean, Markstrom yep. in that top six. Hello. Like that should be something that is fairly successful. So, I mean, although we yeah. although we disagree on certain points, I think our overall feeling in regards to the Calgary Flames is somewhat similar. We do think that there needs to be a change uh, in regards to which coaches you go with. Maybe that's you know where we disagree a little bit, but at the same time, I think we can agree that if this doesn't work out in the uh, in the second half here something is probably going to have to at least be looked at or at the very least tree living tree living is going to have to have a very hard conversation with a very stubborn coach yeah. and say, listen, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I think we kind of know how that would go. This is a guy that shovels yeah. shit out in the farm area. So you know what I mean? Yeah. If he don't want to do something, he ain't doing it. Not going to do it. I got two suggestions. Uh, Claude Julien, Ken Hitchcock. Those would be my two guys that I would suggest that would replace him. Mm -hmm. I think specifically in that order, Claude Julien, I think would actually do very well with this team. Uh, we've seen him do something similar. Um, uh, well, oh my God, I was just looking it up and now I don't remember. Ken Hitchcock, is Hitchcock, is he retired? I, I think he's kind of out of the game in regards. I, I think he's he's coached his last he game. Is, I, I'm pretty sure now, of course, you know how these guys work, right? I mean, with the right opportunity and the you know, the potential to make a deep run with a certain team there always gets the, uh, the juices flowing again, but I, I think he's done. I, I, I don't, I don't remember okay. seeing anything with him officially saying he was retired, but I think he might be out of the game. As for Julien, I believe he's overseas right now. I want to say he's in, um, the Swiss league. I think I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I think he's in a league over in Europe and he's actually helping out right now. I don't know if he, he has necessarily a title of associate coach or assistant coach or anything, but I believe he's helping out a certain club. I thought I saw that uh, over the past few weeks here. So I know he's still he's still around. He's most recently served as the head coach of Mitchell Canadians at the National Hockey League prior to this fire. 
Okay, yeah, he might just be an associate or something like that. But yeah, it, regardless, if the NHL comes calling, he'll answer. Like it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's the NHL. Um, okay, well then, that, I mean, th- that's my that's the only that's the last thing I'll say about Calgary for now. Um, and I, I do wish them all the success. I do as much as I'm an Oiler fan. I love the rivalry. Yeah. and it sucks. Um, if <laughs> the rivalry means nothing, if if one of the team is as shitty as. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, you, you kind of want both cool. of them in the playoffs. I mean, that series last year, right, was obviously yeah. pretty cool. Oh, I mean, my both, God. both teams doing well. Oh, so yeah. of course you want them to do well. You want that Battle of Alberta to really kind of, you know, have a lot of uh, have a lot of fire behind it. So hopefully they can they can yeah. kind of rectify things in the second half of the season here. So we'll see. Yeah, and speaking of second half, we're about to jump into our second half for our show. Or, um, but before we do, uh, we're going to take a little break and have um, a little ad from our sponsor. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a big part of a big change. If it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Ready to buy something small with big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. No. This is going to be your... Okay, welcome back, folks, because, yeah, we're about to talk about it, so might as well. <clears throat> I believe... So we're in We're in to check my fanny. Things are as interesting as ever. Oh, my um, God, yeah. It's about to get... It's about to get... Oh, look at that. It's about to get even more interesting. Okay, so right now, just quickly, the uh, so the standings at... For right now, since so it's Sunday, the end of the today, there are going to be changes. But for now, the Apocalypse lead and Dragons lead the way. 10-4-1, but, it, but the, because of the uh, points, it's Apocalypse is at in first. But anyways, 10-4-1 for Apocalypse and Dragons. Then Royals at 10-5. Buccaneers 9-5-1. and 1. 
Brigands 951 as well. Demons 4 and 11. Pawnhogs 3 and 12. And Cougars 2, 11 and 2. I honestly didn't realize that the Cougars had taken over last spot in the standings. Yeah, me neither. Kind of stuck up on me because I actually thought they were winning a little bit more than this. But no, they've only won two games. They've tied two. Um, in the world where a tie means a point, fine. But that's not this world. These are two lo- uh, two ties. So he's got less wins. So Pawnhogs essentially have uh, that, uh, that, that seventh spot. And Cougars sit in the eighth. Um, but as for the top, some things, like I mentioned, will shift and the way things are right now, the top will look, if anything, if everything ends the way it is right, it wouldn't be tonight though. It's not going to be for a couple more days, but anyways, if it were to end for today, um, the way things are right now, the apocalypse league, the dragons. So they would be at 11, four of one. Uh, the Royals are in the lead as well, quite a bit, 53, 35. So I believe they're going to land here at 11 and five. Um, the dragons will then fall to 10, five and one. I am currently leading my father by 10 points, 49, 39. So that would suggest that I would go at 10, five and one. So I would be tied with you, but you would be winning because of the point system. And then Buccaneers, uh, fall back to nine, six and one. So again, though, uh, you know, five teams very much, not mathematically, um, very much within our, like the Buccaneers, yes, they're at nine, six and one and kind of, um, carry up the rear in terms of these five teams, uh, and who's in the hunt for it. Um, but they're actually offensively one of the best teams in this group. They're actually, I, be- I want to say they're even second. Uh, where's my standings? I want to say they're second in points total. Uh, 42, 50. No, okay, so they'd be third, just barely behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that like that just goes to show you how close each team is, each week is. Um, you know, so it's been a great season. Again, is it better than last? I don't know. It's just different. Oh no, no, no. It's no. Um, it, it, it's even better. I, I dude, listen. it is. You think you're saying this is better? Okay. Listen, you and I, the standings show it. You know, plain as day in black and white. It's gonna be. A, this is gonna be a dogfight. In the second half of the season, it'll be an absolute war of attrition, a bloody nuclear arms race for God's sakes. Like this is, (laughs) we thought last year was exciting in the second half. This, I think this is doubling down, man. Like this is absolutely doubling down after if things do finish the way they are, dude, like this is so close. You have out of the top five teams. You have a difference of two games. Because if you want to look at it this way, there, there's two games difference basically between the Apocalypse at 11, 4, and 1 and the Buccaneers in fifth at 9, 6, and 1. There's a two game difference. So, two games. So listen, there is going to be some exciting, exciting races going on in the second half. Um, I, I know. Right offhand, I would have to check in regards to the Royals and Buccaneers to see how many times they lock horns over the next little bit. But I can certainly say that both myself, uh, your team, the Brigands, and also Joel's team, the Apocalypse, there's going to be some dogfighting going on there for sure over the second half of the season. There's a lot of a lot of games where we, we all see each other, uh, myself against. Oh, yeah. So it is going to be something in the second half. I'm definitely, as soon as the program's over, as a matter of fact, I'm going to check it out in regards to the Royals and Buccaneers. I'd like to see how many times they're going to lock horns over the next 13, 14 weeks. Um, listen, all I can say is this is better than, this is even better than last year. Like, this, uh, you know. I One thing that sucks hardcore for me, I don't know if you, because you just touched on it and it's very, like, 
I had a look at yours uh, and Joel's and I believe my father's. I didn't get around to doing Scott's because I got pulled into something. Um, the schedule of the rest of the way. Just I, I'm only going to mention mine. And trust me, this is the worst schedule of all of you. You guys have it made compared to what I've got to go through. Now, that being said, I'm going to be a difference maker for a lot of what happens in the standings. So right now I'm playing the Buccaneers, who's in the mix. Then I got you. Then I got my brother. Then I got Scott. Then I get Ryan. But then I got my brother. Then I got you. Then I got my dad. Then I got uh, Tom and then Ryan. But I end with you. I've only got three games that I'm playing the rest of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So three out of the 10, I'm playing against teams that are out of it. Seven are against the top teams in the league. Seven games. I'm screwed. <laughs> I am so freaking... There's no way I can go on a run. There's no way. You guys all have... We all have such great teams. It can go any way each week. And I've seen that. I have to be on. My entire team has to be rocking it for 70% of the rest of the way. I don't know if they can do that. They're too old. Well... Both in particular, when it comes down to I'll stick to my own our own division here, which is includes Ryan. But Ryan is obviously having quite a a struggle this year in regards to wins and losses. So just looking at myself, yourself and uh, Joel. Both you and I have the more difficult schedule because of our uh, placement last year, our final standings last year, we were one and two. So in all reality, our strength of schedule for the entire year, uh, is pro it should be both the second most difficult. And in my case, the most difficult, um, now I'd have to look at the year as a whole, but when it comes to down to the last, I'll say 10 weeks, 11 weeks here, um, you and I do have the the more difficult schedules, but it certainly sounds like yours might be just a touch, a touch more difficult. By what? And I, by what? I'm going to talk about this in a second. I just did the math. And and, and, and the reason I say that is because I have, I believe you said you have three. I think I have four games against teams. Let's see, That's the right. Cougars, the Pawn Hogs, the Demons, and the Cougars. So I have four games compared to your three where I'm playing teams under 500. So my schedule is just a tinge less difficult than you. But if, if, if I was to check it out, you and I should have the most difficult schedules the rest of the we rest do. of the way. Your brother, your, so bro you and I, your brother so will got, have an I've advantage. I've got three against, oh, your yes. brother will have I've advantage. got three against the bottom. You've got four. Uh, Apocalypse have five. And then the Bucks and the Royals share seven because they're in, the shittier division. <laughs> so the Bucks and Royals stand a very good chance of leapfrogging us. Um, in terms of divisional pride, uh, we've done a good job of holding them down. So kudos, Joel, kudos, Mike, kudos, me. <laughs> but going through this, they've got seven games against either Tom, Ryan, or, or Jason. <laughs> seven games out of ten. It's the opposite of what I've got to go through. Essentially, you as well. Joel, like I said, a little bit of an advantage too by having those well, extra two games. You know what? We're gonna, we're you know what we're gonna do then on this program. We are absolutely. <gasps> you know what? If this ends up working, <laughs> I, I, I we're gonna have to be careful moving forward. But we uh -oh. but we are going to say that in all reality, then if we're going off of the schedule, the mighty apocalypse 
should be able to have a very strong second half here in holding off any challengers. So that's right. Now, of course, you got to go out and play the games. So we got to go out and do that yep. yet too. But things are looking good. All joking aside, things are definitely looking good for your brother. Um, getting a game uh, in hand on basically the entire league and with the schedule he's got the rest of the way. It's, uh, it, it looks, let's put it this way. It looks favorable for the apocalypse in the second half of the season. He ends with Ryan. He ends the season playing yeah. against Ryan. Now that's yeah. after going back to back with Scott and you. Yeah, you and I. Which now you and be, I, mind you, we yeah. finished the season against each other. It's like, of course, because that's what we did last I know. year. <laughs> that's like, what the hell? This is just for viewers. I think like, I need a break. Thanks, Joel. I need a break, man. I, I, I need it. Like, I, I just, I, I need to play. Could you imagine, though, if it's again, dude, if it happens again, where it's between you and I for the championship somehow at the end of the season? <laughs> well, it, it, it's it, again, right down to the last fucking. It, game. If it is, then we can go back to the, to this program, episode fourteen, and say that the hex was put on the apocalypse. Because there you go. Well done. This is what we do. No, let, let, this is what we let, do. Let's do let, we put we put a hex on the Royals. We put a hex on the Buccaneers. That's the trifecta. Tri trifecta. Yeah. Now, now it's time for the, now trick. it's time for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the apocalypse. They have an awesome team. Absolutely. They're gonna have they're gonna have a wicked second half. I hope I'm not. I hope this isn't like reverse psychology, and then they actually go undefeated the rest of the way. Oh, stop it! I know. Don't do no, that. No, let's no. Not. a hex. Hey, a plague. Let's a not plague, plague on your house. <laughs> oh, so, but again, like a friggin' interesting season. Oh yeah, awesome. Like awesome that everybody's engaged as they are. Um, even the bottom teams that I understand, it's difficult to try. It, it's difficult to be enthusiastic about uh, dressing a competitive team week in week out. Um, we're careful with that sort of thing though. We do actually, we do like to remind our owners that every once in a while, you know, like, okay, you gotta be careful here. You're giving away too much or you're not dressing accordingly, that kind of thing. But overall, there's never really anything to complain about. I think everyone's doing a good job of staying competitive and it's always an interesting year, no matter what, no matter what's going on in the standings. I just find that in the last couple of years, it's been at its most interesting, um, for to, to say the least. Well, I mean, and here's the nice thing. I mean, of course, we, we you know, we've we've spilt a lot of ink and written a lot about the top five teams in the Apocalypse, the Royals, Dragons, Brigands, and Buccaneers. Now, looking at it from the, the other way, uh, the other angle, the Pawn Hogs, full of, of young talent, like that, that's, you know, been in a rebuild for a few years here now, so accumulating a lot of talent. Where the wild cards come in for me are both the Demons and the Cougars. We've talked about this before. These are teams that tend to retool uh, rather than rebuild, if you will. And I think, you know, suffice to say that even with their records where they are, the Demons at 4-11 and 11 and the Cougars at 2-11-2, uh, and two, uh, bringing up the rear, um, there's still some talent there. And they have slowly been acquiring some some really, really top young talent. The Demons in, in Zegris, uh, Beneers, uh, to say the least. The Cougars have picked up. Um, who was it there? They got off of uh, uh, the, uh, Cole Perfetti, sorry, off of uh, Joel in a trade uh, over the past couple oh, of weeks. Yes, so yes, that's they, right. They have certainly yeah. been acquiring some talent, with, and they already had some on their rosters as well. So it'll be interesting to see if that's mm -hmm. some quick flips, if you will, going into next year or even the year after, and not such uh, long rebuilds, uh, maybe as, as the Pawn Hogs have 
uh, have done kind of going scorched earth, so to speak there. Um, so, you know what, yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, suffice it to say with the records, they, where they are up top. And again, le- like you said, off the top of the segment, if things kind of end the way they are right now, wow, man, like Ooh. you got two games difference between the top five teams going into the second half of the season. It's like, you know, each fan man for himself and let's see how this finishes off. Cause it, it's going to be something else for sure. Can, can I ask a favor though? Uh, if, I mean, you may not want to, but it's, I'm just going to ask anyways, could you just at least tie my brother? That'd be great. Um, if you guys can end up tied. Listen, my, my whole thing here would be to win outright. So I need some, uh, I need somebody to trip up. I don't need that. I need somebody to trip no, up. Don't yeah, that. yeah. Well, you see, it's not all about you, though. That's <laughs> sometimes. Okay, then. I'll see what I'll okay. see what I can do. Just I would take a tie at this particular <laughs> moment in time. Let's put it that way. I, I can certainly say that because it, it it's very tell it's very interesting. Like because again, if this were to end, you and I would be tied for for uh, would we be tied for second? 5 and one. Scott would be eleven five and zero. Oh. No, so Scott would be yeah. in second. You and I would be tied for third. Yeah. Um, and I find that, man, that on its own brings everything a lot tighter, obviously now, like Scott is very, very much back in the driver's seat in the sense of like, he's, he's, he's not that he's far right now. Yeah. That's that's the other thing too. It's crazy. Everybody's within arm's reach. Like it doesn't matter who wins, who loses it. There's going to be a shift, but it's not by much. Listen, like we just talked about the apocalypse, having a favorable schedule, the second half of the season. Like it, 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 he should uh, be able to continue to pile up some wins here. Um, It will be a little bit more difficult for someone like myself or yourself, especially with the strength of schedule and how we've incorporated that into our league over the past few years, uh, past number of years, actually. So again, like you say, everybody is within arm. The Buccaneers at nine, six and one are two games away from leading this league. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. But they're one of two now, teams that get to play seven games down the stretch yep. against sub five, very sub 500. Like, these are winnable games. It's safe to assume that the Royals and Buccaneers are going to win themselves seven more games from here until the end of the season. That puts the Buccaneers at 16 wins and the Royals at 17. So unless something trips up there and the three remaining games, maybe the Royals pull one out, and but then maybe the Bucs pull, uh, pull two out. But then the rest of the way, you got to assume that, let's say, Apocalypse guaranteed those five games that they got against those sub teams. That's another five wins. So that's 15. And then the other five against you and I, that's split evenly, Man. let's say. So another two. So that's another 17. So now every, but all, there's now almost three teams tied for first right now. And I, I haven't even talked about you and I. It, so that's what's insane about this. This is going to go down to the wire. Yes, it is. Again. And and it might be more than just two teams. Yeah. Uh, it, it's listen, I don't know how this is going to end up playing out. And again, we we try to with the strength of schedule, it just it offers so much more parity in the league because listen, someone like myself who won the championship last year, that's all well and good, but you are going to have a more difficult time in defending said championship because we are going to build the schedule around you playing more of the top teams than some of the bottom teams. Now a guy like Joe, and and this is the, this is the great and fun part about our league is you can kind of dissect a little bit. Like Joel is at that spot where he's got a really great team. And because of where he finished last year, because you and I were just fighting cats and dogs all the way to the end, 
he was kind of well, he ended he and he wasn't the third wheel at the end of the year. He was the third wheel just out of placement in our division. So, of course, he's going to benefit from a strength of schedule that's a little bit less than the two of us. So it just makes things that much more interesting the next year. And quite frankly, it offers you or, or has the opportunity to offer you exactly what's staring in us in the face right now. And like you said, again, at the top of the segment, there are five teams that are going to be within two games of each other if the scores stay exactly the, the same and if the teams that are currently winning their games do win their games for the end of the week. I think it finishes on the 5th, the, the Sunday, the 5th or whatever it is. So there's still a number of days left. But Yeah, it is. But you know what? It's uh, it, Again, we're kind of repeating ourselves over and over. It's going to be one hell of a second half in the CFHL this year. One more thing to mention before we end this and go to Beauties and the Beasts. Um, do you see a great impact from our new what we've decided to change for next year in the terms of the bottom two teams from both divisions? Um, you, I I personally feel that this is a very good move. I do too. It's exactly and I, I, it's exactly what's going to change what's happening right now, making more people more competitive. And if I'm not mistaken, and this is just to clear things up a little bit for our listeners, if I'm not mistaken, what we have decided to do is at the end of the year, I believe the teams that are in last place in each division, if I'm not mistaken, are they not switching divisions? They get thrown into... Um, um, I think it's a, it's almost not a, um, it's a randomness. It's very random. I, I don't think we're, we're saying oh, these that's, two that's go true. here and switch. We, we leave it open to chance. There's a good chance that all four land exactly where they are. True. Right that's now. true. But more than likely, we're going to get at least one team switching division or two teams, sorry, switching divisions at the very least. I believe that's what's going to happen, which is going to shake things up, which is going to be great. Like next year, imagine, um, because that's, because you've got your you so in our division you got Joel you and me and Ryan either Joel you or me are going to be switching division have a chance to switch division could you imagine like it, that? it just could it you? just makes for a little bit more excitement and wow. when it comes down for for me one of the big things it comes down to some to trades or uh, you know how you are going to work with that team in your division now if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. let's just say it's you or me, Marty, that ends up in, in the Gretzky division next year. You're you're mm -hmm. dealing with different general managers. You're dealing like there's a there's a different construct like, you know, for for the past few years, myself, yourself and Joel, we've just kind of continued to build. It's been an arms race. We just keep adding, making these trades, mm -hmm. giving third rounders, fourth rounders years down the line. Okay, maybe that changes a little bit if we go to the other division. Now, now we're, you know, who, who am I? Who am I kind of matching up against? Who, you know, now I trade. Well, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think tend, it changes. I think it makes a big difference. Well, I mean, I tend to trade, or or prefer to trade with somebody who's outside of my division because you don't necessarily want that player coming back and haunting you as much as they possibly could. If I was to trade somebody to say you or Joel or Ryan for that matter, at the particular moment, because I'm in the Howe division. Uh, so I tend to want to trade. Right. So now if I go over to the Gretzky division, let's say, then I'd be more apt to make a trade with a team that is no longer in my division, i.e. the Brigands, the Apocalypse, the Cougars, and whoever else would go over there type of deal. So it, it, it just continues to 
evolve a little bit. Things continue to kind of continue moving forward or just a different dynamic, if you will. And quite frankly, I think it just adds a little ex excitement flat out. Is it, is it yearly though? Or is it like once we have a new setting, we then that's the way it is for the next three years. And then we change it then. You know what? I, I do you remember? I, re I have to be super transparent here and I don't know offhand hundred percent and that's my bad. Yeah, and I neither. should know. Um, but that is, cool, but that is something okay. that I will come back and be much better on next week for you folks. Cause if I can, I would suggest that I actually don't want this to be yearly. I would actually want this I, to be. I thought it was um, in, so I thought it might, I thought it was in three year increments. Now that you mention it, I do believe it is, but again, I hope something so. I think I have to, yeah, yeah. And I think we did it for that reasons because we didn't want it. When we tend to make changes, we don't want to be doing things. And that's why we set this three year thing. Anytime we make rule changes, you know, it, it's open for debate every three years. We just didn't want things changing on a yearly basis all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I would have to imagine we probably stuck with that. And when we do make that change or we do flip teams in a division, it does stay like that for a little bit. Okay. I think so. Good. I think because I think that's the right At way least to go. I think so. All right, so let's let's end the night, Beauties and the Beasts, mm -hmm. um, and I think I think this one's going to go a little bit faster <laughs> because we've already talked about your beast. Yes, <laughs> we've already gotten that out of the way. One, Mister Matt Murray, enough said. Oh, um, but why don't you fill us in? <laughs> why don't you fill us in on your three beauties? Sounds like a plan. We can leave Matt Murray to the side now. I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay with the situation. I've gotten it out of my system. Good to go. So. One of my beauties this week is uh, Vitek Vanasek, and I would have to say that he has been quite a surprise for me this year. Um, it's not that I didn't yeah. think he was going to do well, but I just, you almost, to a certain extent, you, you're almost waiting for the other shoe to fall for the, uh, the other shoe to fall for the New Jersey Devils, but it's, it's not happening. Like, and, and in particular for me, I've been kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall for Vanacek as well. Like you're like, okay, this guy's gotten off to a really good start. You know, teams up and coming, you know, there's a lot of excitement behind the team. They, they kind of had that really great, I think it was like a 12 or 13 game run or whatever it was there at that one point in the start of the year. Then they went through a little, then, yeah, they, yeah. then they went through a small dip, but here they are again, you know, playing well. And I mean, Vanacek has been one of the better goaltenders in our league, uh, flat out, like yeah. just league wide. I mean, you get the whole year. Exactly. So, I mean, listen, you got a 6'2", 184-pound, 27-year-old goaltender. He's played 32 games for the Devils up to this point. He has a really great record of 21-5-2. And, uh, and for that matter, the uh, peripheral numbers are really, really great, too. 2.29 uh, goals against average, 9.17 save percentage. And, Marty, those are the type of numbers that you're looking for from a number one goaltender. And in my personal opinion, 100%. he has certainly taken on that role with the Devils. Um, you know, they're, it's the type of team that's giving him a lot of run support. So even if he wasn't at a 2.29 and it was, you know, maybe something ballooning up to like 2.5, 2.6, this is the type of team that he'd be winning those games anyway. Um, the save percentage, the yeah. save percentage itself, says a lot. Like I mean, he's getting the job done. Uh, you know, it, it's not some sort of like nine hundred four, nine hundred five thing, and it all has to do with run support. No. He's definitely been putting him in his part as well. And you know what? I think just the flat out opportunity. Uh, you know. And it's kind of funny because you got Samson off out there in Toronto when he's doing extremely well too. So here are two young goalies that the, you know, the caps kind of gave up on. 
you almost think that maybe at the very least they should have kept one of the two and brought in some sort of a, yeah. you know, regardless if you're in win now mode. Okay. So you go and get yourself, you know, uh, some sort of a Mark Andre Fleury type. I'm not saying him, but you know, a guy, maybe you signed for a couple of years. You didn't have to, you wouldn't have to sign him for like five years. Like you did Kemper, but either way, both of these goaltenders are doing really well and taking advantage of really having uh, that opportunity to seize a number one role. Uh, both of them, in my opinion, have done it maybe in different ways. Vanacek has done it kind of the old fashioned way, just with his play to a certain extent, Samsonov has as well. Uh, but I mean, a little bit of an injury history with Murray comes, uh, you know, kind of plays into that as well. Uh, but suffice it to yeah. say, Vanacek has been, you know, a pleasant surprise for any owner who went out there and grabbed them at the start of the year, or for that matter, maybe grabbed them on the waiver wire, you know, the first two or three weeks of the year. Yeah. Uh, if you're in daily fantasy. So, I mean, this has definitely been, been a guy who has produced well for your team. Um, you know, going forward, I, I really do think that this potentially could be uh, a core piece. Uh, you know, at 27, Marty, we know that uh, a goaltender is, you know, just coming into their own, maturing. Uh, um, you know, at that point, he, he knows the league. He's, he's pretty familiar with some of these shooters. Um, so, I, I suffice it to say, I think that things are on quite an upswing for Vanacek and the Devils. Um, where they finish this year, how 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 much damage they can do, listen, uh, that's yet to be seen. Um, I do think Vanacek has a little bit to prove here in regards to uh, second half season hockey, if you will, and marching towards the playoffs here with the Devils. Uh, you know, that, that becomes quite a different uh, uh, beast and animal all on its own. So we'll see how that all plays out. But as it stands right now, uh, totally a beauty this year so far. And uh, I can't see where that's really going to change uh, uh, the rest of the year here. So uh, huge breakout season for him. And, uh, you know, hope nothing but the best for him and the Devils the rest of the way. Super exciting to watch. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope for him it, it, it continues. And hell, Scott, maybe I'll come call him, buddy. Who knows? We'll see. Um, next. Jeez, good luck. Yeah, yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you Matt Murray here there, Scott. There you take him and see what you can do with him, bud. Yeah, yeah go fuck yourself, Willette. Anyway. Um, I don't think he likes yeah, garbage. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, this is a, a little bit closer to home, obviously, and I'm a, a little bit of bias here in regards to this particular player. Uh, we're talking about Alex Tuck. Uh, we spoke about him uh, a little bit, uh, kind of skimmed over him a little bit there while we were talking about Buffalo earlier on in the program. But listen, um, I, I got to say I'm, I'm pretty high on this guy. I kind of love everything about him in, in regards to the type of player that he is. Uh, big boy, 6'4", 219. He's only 26, 23 goals, 31 assists, and 49 games played for 54 points. So you're it's pretty healthy above a point a game, so to speak. Uh, you know, you're looking at a plus 12. So this guy's going out there and it, he's giving you the offense, but he's, you know, it's not like he's playing poor defense here either. Uh, of course, a lot of that plus 12 has to do with the offensive part of the game, but he's not, you're not really sacrificing any defense here either. Kids playing uh, 19 or <coughs> two uh, per game. And listen, the thing for me that, uh, that really hits home with Alex Tuck is this is a guy who wants to be there. Uh, he comes from the area. We've talked about that before. Um, I, I personally think that a lot of the organizational success, uh, over the past little while here, over the past year or so, um, and, and for that matter, Alex Tuck's success are kind of intertwined. I mean, you know, when they made that trade for Eichel, yes, you're getting a, a great piece in, in Krebs and, you know, Tuck was certainly a, an important piece as well, 
but I, I don't think that people realized how important the piece this was going to be. L- listen, um, I, I kind of equate this a little bit to Dylan Larkin. I mean, Dylan Larkin's from the Michigan area. Detroit Red Wings are his hometown team. Same thing for Alex Tuck in regards to Buffalo here. And for me, there's a lot of pride when it comes to these players, uh, and, and especially when they're from that area. Like, do you mean to tell me that Alex Tuck doesn't realize the pain and fucking suffering mm-hmm. that this organization has gone for for over a decade? Like, I, I remember when he first got yeah. there and he was saying, I want to be here and I want to be a part of the solution. And you know what? That goes a long fucking That's... way in, in, in... Yeah. listen, the production's great, Marty. Uh, don't sit here and tell me that Buffalo's not happy with the production they're getting from this player, the production <laughs> they're getting from Tage Thompson, the production they're getting from Rasmus Dahlin. But you had a guy basically plant the flag when he got there and said, like, I want to be part of the solution that turns this thing around. And when you've yeah. got, when and, 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 you know, he's declaring that publicly, right? Like through media and stuff. Mm-hmm. When you've got a guy like that, that's kind of, you know, like I said, planting that flag in there, and saying, okay, listen, like, I, I I know the pain. Like, fuck, I know what you guys have gone through. I, I, I've seen it as an opposing player. And I used to cheer for this team. This is the team. This is the sweater I used to wear on my back when, when I was a kid. Like, he's going to go in there and he's going to do everything in his bloody power to make that team a success. Now, of course, you're getting a lot of help here with, with Tage Thompson, Darlene. Uh, you know, you got some of this, this young group coming up. Uh, listen, they've been bad for so long, Marty. These draft picks are going to have to, <laughs> these draft picks are going to start to do something at some point. And, and it is. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I just think he's such a vital part to that program and what they've got going on. I just think everything he's doing is goes so understated. It's not even funny. And you know what? Um, I, I really see this guy as an absolute uh, uh, vocal leader in that dressing room. Um, you know, I, th- I, I think Darlene is right up there with him as well. Like these, you know, in particular, a guy like Darlene has gone through the tough times, right? Like Tuck knows about them, but kind of wasn't there for the worst part of it. But, but again, you know, I could speak about this all day, but I just think Alex Tuck is great for, is great for Buffalo in a production sense, is great for Buffalo in, in regards to, you know, pounding my chest and, 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 you know, playing playing my heart out for this team type of deal. I just think he he's he's great for that roster. He, the expanded role that he's been able to to take with that roster as well. I mean, the guy was buried on the third line in Vegas. This guy's first line doing super, super damage for this team as well. I, I just think that it's great for the, the team, the organization, and at the same time, great for him because he's finally getting the opportunity that he deserves as well. So... Uh, you know what, Alex Tuck could sit there and talk about it all day, but I mean, things are going very well for that organization as well as himself. So uh, enough said there. Um, another player who is doing quite well for himself. Um, your brother, I think, made one hell of a move at the midseason uh, in regards to shoring mm-hmm. up his goal, his goaltending. Very smart. Absolutely. And I mean, for that matter, would he not look good in a Dragons uniform right about now where I could boot the fuck out of Matt Murray out of here. To, anyway, long story short, we're talking about Phoenix Copley here. Um, the journeyman's kind of come out of nowhere, to be honest with you. And in all reality, I was looking over the numbers and kind of digging deep a little bit today. In my personal opinion, Phoenix Copley saved the uh, King season in all reality. Um, this guy's played This yeah. guy's played 19 games so far, uh, 15 wins, three losses. The peripheral numbers don't splash off of the page here. 
2.82 goals against average and a 9-1 save percentage. But you know what? He's getting it done for that team. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And he, he's, he's given them what they needed. They've been able to win games. Like, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You're almost waiting for the Kings to fade. They played more games than anybody else in the league. So basically every team's got games on them. Um, you know, you're kind of wondering how they're getting this done. Their starting goaltender to go into the year arguably was Calvin Peterson, at least in regards to a contract, uh, at least in regards to the contract that he has. Uh, he would be, you would say he's yeah. your starter. He's in the AHL right now. Uh, you know, Jonathan Quick, unfortunately, has not been able to save your bacon. He's got a losing record this year. But, um, so here comes yeah. Copley out of nowhere. Complete journeyman from, uh, you know, I don't know if he went anywhere after Washington, but I know he's with Washington for the longest time. Um, you know, I believe he was with the Arizona organization as well, but he kind of comes out of nowhere here and, and has kept their playoff hell has, has been done more than kept their playoff hopes alive. They're sitting in third in, in the Western conference overall. Um, uh, actually not overall. I think they're third in the division, uh, the Pacific division right now. So I'm not sure if that'd be third overall, but they're third in the Pacific behind uh, Seattle and Vegas. So listen, th- their noses are still right in there. Uh, ahead of teams like Edmonton, Colorado. Again, games, they have games in hand, uh, and Calgary's got um, games in hand as well. So there's lots to be figured out here, but in regards to what this player has been able to offer the Kings, it's nothing short of spectacular in all honesty. I mean, you take away his 15 wins from that club, and I'm sorry, they're in a world of hurt, and they're probably not even sitting in a playoff spot right now. So uh, third beauty this week, Phoenix Copley. And uh, you know, I hope he doesn't do fucking anything else the rest of the week or the rest of my game <laughs> against Joel because he's just another guy that's been able to kind of keep me at bay. He, I find there's been quite a few goalies like that eh, yep. that don't necessarily have the best numbers, peripheral numbers, but have just been finding ways to win for their team. Martin Jones comes to mind. I was just going to say, we're looking um, at you, Martin Jones. Yeah, like like, and it's I don't know a new wave of goalies that are coming through that are just not necessarily yeah, jumping at you and you're thinking, holy geez, the next great thing. No, these are serviceable goaltenders doing their job, doing their part, stepping in when they're being called upon, and really answering the bell. So I mean, there's quite a few. Like I said, there's quite a few goalies like that this year. Uh, there was another one I just thought of, and now I can't think of them. But um, anyways, the NHL is full of them this year. Um, going on to my beauties, this, this is going to be very obvious. Uh, this, I'm, this is all about the obvious. Uh, so the last seven games for each one of my beauties, all three of them. So Barkov, Montour and Crosby all have four games played in the last seven games. Barkov with uh, seven points, two goals, five assists. Crosby with three goals, four assists for seven points. And Montour with uh, two goals, two assists in four games. I want, Having I want these Montour. three this past week. I want Montour. Too bad. Not a chance in hell. He was a good midseason oh. pickup. I think, I feel I got him late. I honestly think he should have gotten more love from our league than when I picked him up. I want to say in the third uh, round, yeah. I feel, because he's young. And he's a defenseman. And I think I'm learning that lesson. I learned that lesson quickly this year, not going into um, not going into the start of the season with a at least a half decent D core, you're gonna lose some games because of that. And by games I mean weeks for I'll us. I'll give you connect me for um, him. But um, yeah, not a chance in hell. So <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so uh, having these three this past week has really made a difference for my team. And if you're a GM lucky enough to have even just two of them, you know what I'm talking about. And especially with Montour, like I said, he's racked up. Actually, if you go back and you go nine points over his last nine games, having this type of consistency in your lineup from week to week from your D is huge this is the difference if you can do that because we dress four d's if you can do that from you if you can rely on your defense for for consistent offense you're giving yourself right there a great chance to win that week finding a, a some good forwards a lot easier than finding offensively offensively gifted defensemen that are consistent with it um not to be outdone, Crosby uh, is at 12 points over his last seven games, and while Barkov actually has 17 over his last 11. So these three guys are my cornerstone as of late. Uh, and actually, I could have gone a little bit deeper and even talked about Malkin, who's having himself a very similar type of week. Uh, Skinner as well over there in Buffalo, a little bit of love. A lot of love, actually, for Buffalo this week. Um, but that's exactly why I went out and traded for Skinner was because you got Mr. Tuck. And I wanted to nip away at those points a little bit while my dad's got Tage Thompson. So I'm nipping away at his points. So while I'm playing against my dad this week, the Buccaneers, Thompson, I believe, has seven points this week. And uh, Skinner's got five. So there you go. He's only gained two on me this week versus zero where I never had anybody from Buffalo. So there's a big difference there. So, but all three of these guys, um, I mean, Big Bar and Steel, I mentioned it before with other players, but these three in particular, uh, very much the reason why I'm winning my week so far, haven't won it yet. Well, I mean, in particular, Barkov kind of stands out for me because, listen, uh, you know, injury history aside and all this stuff, like this is a guy that gets points whenever he plays. So, you know, the fact that he was kind of oh, yeah. struggling here for a few weeks, for you kind of having him back and, and and this is definitely what you expect out of him to say the least um you know at the very least a point yeah. of game and he's well above that this week so uh again yeah. the three players that you mentioned are playing extremely well for your team they're well the, they are the top scores on your team this particular week um and again uh montour ha was a great pickup um at the uh at the midseason for sure um yeah i mean you your team has been on fire the last little while here has definitely been putting up some, you know, some gaudy totals here the past few weeks. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be hitting a 50 here for the second week in a row. Um, if not more last week, I, I, I came just shy of the record for this year. The most points this year so far is 66. The Royals have that, uh, last week I had 65, which has been my like only week in the above 50 i haven't hit 50 i've gotten 40 apart from this i think 48 was my highest so it's, i've got back-to-back -back weeks with over it's yeah. yeah it's definitely been pretty good for yourself and the royals really for that matter uh by extension here because yeah. the both your teams have really been on fire here uh since mid since we've had our mid-season draft i mean some of the talent that you guys added at the mid-season is definitely helping you guys out for sure uh it's definitely oh, yeah. brought things Huge. closer together um, again, you know, we're go kind of going back to our check my fanny segment here, but Jesus, it is that there, there, there's going to be something to be said. It's not going to be well, easy. there's wh whoever, <laughs> honestly, whoever comes out of this in the second half of the season and the, the team that does win the championship, um, you know, kind of just like last year, whenever, and, and it was tough holding you off for sure. And, and Joel as well, like whoever comes out of it is definitely going to be well-deserving of it. Uh, especially, especially yeah. with the teams that are up there. With the, with the the schedules that are coming up, like this is going to be something here. And again, we, we mentioned it in our check uh, my fanny segment. 
we thought that last year was, you know, never going to be able to be repeated. <laughs> it is being repeated and then yeah. some this year. So, you know, hang hang on here, folks. I'll be interested oh. in seeing what the end of the season goals for look like compared to all these other years because I feel like all of our players, everybody's got so much offense now. I, I feel I don't know that we've ever looked at that, but I feel like we're breaking records just on that regard. Yeah. So I think at the end of the season, we kind of have a look at it's that. It's definitely going to be interesting to see the second half of the season. I mean, yeah. flat out. So we'll see how it all plays out. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say here, but buckle up. <laughs> and well, just to end the show for tonight, uh, my beast, uh, and this is a very worthy candidate because I expect a lot more out of him is Piotangelo. Um, he is zero, zero, no points in his last four. And he's a minus six. He's got three in his last 11. So quite honestly, if you've got other options on defense, go the other way. Cause it, it's, it right now is not the time to rely on Pietangelo. And I think that overall Vegas is sort of in a slump. Uh, it's kind of hitting everybody. Even Logan Thompson's not necessarily playing the greatest lately. So this, uh, all-star break will be a welcome, um, welcome time off for a lot of players on that team. I think, I think they're going to benefit big time and they're going to sort of regroup and then come out of the all-star break a lot better. But, uh, Piotangelo, especially now, I think Theodore is starting to skate. Uh, I believe he's going to start um, uh, coming back. He's going. I think he comes back after the All Star break, um, so he'll he might chew in on some minutes there. I'm not sure, um, but uh, I mean, Pietrangelo is still going to get some top six minutes uh, even in power play. But uh, I don't know, man. Something's going on with this team. They're just not clicking right now. Uh, Theodore, let me just double check. Theodore has been back for the past two games, no points yet. Um, ah, but, okay. But he is back and. You would have to think that there's going to be a, uh, well, I mean, with, with Peter Angel's play, you definitely think that Cassidy's probably going to see what he's got here in, in, in theater, probably put him on plow, power play one, see what's going on, uh, just to see if maybe, uh, just to see if maybe switching it up doesn't help things a little bit and kind of get them out of their funk and yep. God, who knows, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe if that power play can get going, <laughs> so can Jack Eichel as well and, uh, you know, get back on track a little Jeez. bit here for the yeah. uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Let's hope not, though, because Eichel's over in the apocalypse. I don't want that. Although, you know, where Eichel goes, Pietrangelo usually goes. So maybe I don't mind that. Maybe maybe but I we'll just see. need to get myself a Vegas Golden Knight. Yeah, maybe you should Yeah, just go find one Chandler of them. Chandler Stevenson, here I come, <laughs> baby. Yeah, <laughs> look out, Dad. And there you have it. All right, folks. No, another one in the books. books. Got to love it. Thank you for listening. Jeez, we love you. Stan just broke. Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we came All the lot of Singapore. Oh my God, we got a Dude. lot of love. Oh Singapore. my That's God, That's 14 downloads today, man. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at tugalag.com or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening and until next time.